Ready to start your ESG journey? Get going today with Social Suite, and you could start reporting publicly in 30 days. With investor pressure mounting and regulations just around the corner, there's never been a better time to start your ESG reporting. Social Suite takes the complexity out of environmental, social, and governance reporting. Social Suite helps organizations to measure, monitor, and report on their progress with fast, simple, and affordable software. Create value through ESG in order to raise capital, improve brand and reputation, as well as mitigate risk. Social Suite has helped almost 100 micro to small cap companies report on ESG, with some starting their baseline report in under 60 minutes and reporting publicly within 30 days. ESG is a lot easier than you think, and you're probably already doing it. So take your sustainability reporting to the next level with measurable progress. Start your ESG journey today with Social Suite, an ESG software company for micro to small caps. Visit socialsuitehq.com. That's social, S-U-I-T-E-H-Q.com to learn more. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not provided as financial, legal, or any other advice. The information is not investment advice or an offer to buy or sell any securities or make any investment. The views expressed by guest speakers are their own and any reference to third-party products, services, or information does not constitute an endorsement thereof by SNN or its affiliates. SNN expressly disclaims all liability for any individual's use of the information presented in this podcast. My guest on the show today is Dr. Halden Shane, CEO and Chairman of Tomi Environmental Solutions, Inc. It's a publicly traded company. The symbol is T-O-M-Z on NASDAQ. Tomi Environmental Solutions, Inc. is a global decontamination and infection prevention company providing environmental solutions for disinfection through the manufacturing, sales, and licensing of its premier binary ionization technology otherwise known as the BIT platform. Invented under a defense grant in association with the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA, of the U.S. Department of Defense, BIT solution utilizes a low percentage hydrogen peroxide as its only active ingredient and uses patented ionized hydrogen peroxide technology in all sterimist systems to create superior disinfection. I've seen Tommy present at many investor conferences, and this was my first opportunity to interview management. Needless to say, I took full advantage, covering an array of topics, including a deeper dive into the five divisions of the company and the division Dr. Shane is particularly excited about, the ebb and flow of future pandemics and outbreaks and how that affects Tommy, competitive landscape and downside risks, and Dr. Shane's vision for the company in three to five years. With that, please enjoy my conversation with Dr. Halden Shane, CEO and Chairman of Tomi Environmental Solutions, Inc. Dr. Shane, thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you on. So I, I've seen the company present ad nauseum uh, at, at many conferences over the years, but uh, this is actually our first time having a chance to, to speak and, and really dive deeper into the story itself. So, you know, my first question that I'd like to throw to you, and I throw this to everybody that comes on uh, the series here, is can, can you describe the company in one sentence? So it's a global disinfection and decontamination company. All right. All right. Now we can talk further. That's great. So, <laughs> so you know, let, let's look 
back at uh, Tomi's history. You actually have a great um, uh, page on your website that goes through the full company history for, and I invite everybody to go and check that out, you know, but from, from your perspective here, Dr. Shane, you know, uh, when was the company founded and what would you say was the original thesis for its founding? So the, the company was founded in 2013 is when we got the Sterimus product, which we uh, bought from uh, L3 Defense. It was a DARPA product. And uh, the, the, the concept was to bridge the environmental science industry and the medical industry. I found that there was a lot of people with indoor allergy issues and they didn't have anybody to turn to. And environmental science wasn't that geared to doing that. I found that this technology was able to bridge that because many illnesses are from indoor environments. And that was really the beginning of this uh, product and myself. Absolutely. So prior to acquiring that uh, uh, Steermist or uh, Steermist, sorry, I wanted to properly pronounce it. You know, what, what, what was the company? You know, what, how did, how did it exist? The company was, uh, had a ultraviolet ozone product, uh, which, you know, took a long time to treat buildings. And uh, the nice story about it is, is I was on a job in New York City about 55th, 56th of Madison. And there was a brand new 32 story building that uh, had a fire just before it opened and uh, they needed to get rid of the carbon. So I took this ultraviolet ozone product to New York City and uh, we won this large job. During that time, one of the industrial hygienists asked me if I knew anything about this hydrogen peroxide product, which was uh, called binary ionization technology at that time or bit. And uh, I looked into it and uh, started to think about it. It was much quicker than ozone, much more effective, and it, it killed uh, a, a lot higher log kill, which we'll go to into a little later. So why did DARPA want to sell off Steramist? What, 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 was, what was going on there? So DARPA grants... Uh, these types of products to companies, usually defense companies, to do research. And this was part of a DARPA grant. Uh, initially came out of Titan Defense and then was sold in a basket to L3 Defense. And, and that's uh, L3 didn't know how to commercialize it because they were a defense com company. And uh, I was brought in because they thought I could commercialize it. I spent about two years negotiating with the L3 board to purchase the product and its uh, in intellectual properties outright. You know, continuing off of that, you know, catch us up. You know, now the company's been in business now for 10 years, you know, starting in 2013. We're in 2023. We're actually recording this on Friday, February 24th, 2023. You know, so catch us up. How would you say the thesis has evolved over time? And what, what maybe were some key inflection points within the last 10 years that got you to where you're at today? So when, when I bought the property, intellectual property, and, and it was on prototype. So we spent a long time uh, developing the commercialization of the prototype. Uh, that was an exciting time. I uh, learned a lot about manufacturing from that point. Uh, also, we didn't have the uh, registrations we needed. Uh, we had no global registrations for importation or for use. And uh, we had no EPA registrations outside of a mold 
uh, registration. So we had to go ahead and uh, gear up to handling the regulatory aspects and the testing and it took a number of years to do that. Probably 2017, if I recall, we got our first uh, EPA registration as a hospital healthcare disinfectant. It was the first time ever a solution and a technology was ever registered. So the solution cannot be used without our technology. Our technology cannot be used without our solution. Very good. So let's let's look at the the business itself. Can you describe the company's full slate of products uh, right now? You know, it, is it just it's it's is Steramis more of a platform than a singular pl- product? So binary ionization technology or BIT, which is what we call our solution, is is the platform also. So that that's the technology base. Sterimist is the trade name we use for the products. We started initially with one product, which was a portable surface unit. Uh, and then we merged into a larger environment unit, which treats both air and surfaces in space. And then we went ahead and started to realize that we're able to build this into buildings, which was the initial DARPA grant. And we've been able to do this into large pharmaceutical companies, uh, clean rooms and things like that. We also now have a backpack, which came out of the pandemic. Um, We have multiple other life science products that's used for the pharmaceutical industry, for uh, clean rooms, for uh, to treat uh, biological uh, cabinets and things like that. So when when I'm thinking about, you know, decontamination, you know, we're just we're just on our, we're at the tail end. It feels like of uh, COVID here, the pandemic, we're basically out of it. You know, how, how did COVID and the idea of decam- decontamination, I mean, listen, I was one of those that like, I went to the store and I was like, you know, watching all the food, you know what I'm saying? Like doing all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. You know, so, but from a company perspective, you know, when the, when COVID had the outbreak and with all your solutions uh, within the company, how did, what happened with COVID and the precipice of other um, of these of these diseases happening out there? How did how did that affect the company? Well, it was a, a tremendous uh, we had tremendous revenue for the panic buying aspects of COVID, which was in two thousand twenty. Uh, fortunately, we keep a significant inventory, and we were able to handle that. Um, the negative fact of it is that we're really a company that does decontamination, which is a high-level sterilization. Um, so we're able to come into space and we're able to get six-log kill versus the most of the other products you're talking about give about a three or four-log kill, which is you know sometimes high, 99.9%, 99.99%, but nothing like the six-log kill. And we're able to handle, uh, in fact, a, a lot of our clients are, are select uh, National Institute of Health, uh, you know, biological labs that that have all sorts of known and unknown pathogens, and we're able to get complete kill with that. So it helped us with revenue for 2020. Um, there was a big uh, upswing in our stock price, which was uh, a lot of that was because of some of the. Uh, Robin Hood groups that hooked onto it because they thought it was a COVID play. And that's where we got hurt because every year uh, since we started 
getting the registration 2017, we've been slowly increasing our revenue off of the fact that, you know, we have a disinfectant decontamination product that beats everything else in the marketplace. Then COVID hit, we, we sold out of our inventory. And then when COVID kind of went away, uh, the market kind of lost interest in it because they don't realize really how great our product is and what we're currently doing in the pharmaceutical space, lab, life space, life, life science space, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, what was that? What was the disconnect? Because I, you know, I, I pulled up the chart real quick because I was like, all right, there must have, you know, there must have been a bump and clear. I mean, it was massive, right? <laughs> when you, when you, it see was massive. Um, you know, and then. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, you're like, all right, great, like uh, this opens things up, you know, and um, and a lot more eyeballs on everything. And then, how has been the process since you know COVID has started to kind of dwindle away in terms of the company's awareness and how you're communicating the story to share? How how has that? What have you been doing to try and and shift that focus of like, okay, we're not just this COVID play, you know, we have all these other things. I mean, obviously so, coming out here is probably step one or one of the steps, but, uh, but yeah, sorry. COVID taught us a lot. I mean, it taught us number one, as a company, we were mature enough to handle that type of buying. And uh, we were able to train enough people in our product, the proper use of our product, which is, is, is very large with us as far as proper training. Um, the other thing is that, that the, the disinfectant industry, which nobody knew very much about, unfortunately, by COVID, everybody, like you said at the beginning, you know, you were washing everything, vegetables, hands, et cetera. So, so people became really aware of this. And I think that they, they have since then have been tired of it. They get it, but you know, they, everybody wants to move on and we're going to have pandemics. We're going to have pathogens. There's a lot of them out there right now that, that are very interesting, but it's going to be up to us and hopefully our public health departments to how to, how to handle them. Our product is something that's ne necessary and is mandated really. The FDA requires uh, life science laboratories twice a year to have complete independent cleanings, uh, you know, decontaminations, and that's what we do. Uh, also, we learned a lot about our need, the, what the public wants for our products through COVID. Number one, we developed the backpack, a very lightweight, portable unit that you're able to take and spray wherever you want with five second kill. Uh, and it doesn't damage, doesn't leave any type of residue. You don't have to wipe it. Uh, if you if, if you have a meeting in your house or you're meeting in your office and you want to decontaminate that space, you can use this in a matter of minutes to achieve that goal. Uh, it showed us that the life sciences, the pharmaceutical companies that weren't mandating in the vaccine industry uh, needed to, to go back and to have products like this that they could use uh, in their clean space and their in their life science industry itself. So it, it taught us a lot and, and we've adjusted our products accordingly. And now we're, we're very happy where we are and, and our name and our uh, brand is becoming recognized all over the world. Absolutely. So, you know, looking at Tommy's five divisions that you're selling product into, you got hospital healthcare, life sciences, the Tommy Service Network, food safety, and commercial. You know, is there any one division that you feel particularly excited about? And if you can't answer, maybe the the opposite, vice versa. One that you're like, you know, still interesting, but not as we're not as focused on it as maybe some of the others. 
Well, I think I think life sciences is what drives the company. I think uh, you know life sciences will always be here, whether there's a recession or not a recession. They need to go ahead and continue research. They need to continue to manufacture drugs, and they need to improve on vaccines, obviously, and and other types of similar products. So, I mean that that's our strongest. I think in my heart, and what I'm seeing, food safety is tremendous. Uh, there, there's, we have a crisis in this world. Obviously, there's a global issue about food and food safety, and obviously cost. And uh, the pathogens and the destruction of, of some storage facilities, some, some uh, processing facilities, packaging facilities, had, had led to a, a shortage in some areas. And even recently with eggs and, and the avian flu, that has uh, hit the world, uh, you know, they're culling and killing a lot of birds that uh, I think that there's a chance that we could end up curing these birds without having to kill them and prevent this avian flu that's in the coops and, and areas and duck farms and things like that. Absolutely. You know, you hit on a potential headwind when bringing up, uh, you know, uh, the avian flu and and dealing with other viruses or bacteria uh, and, and other influences that that come about. You know, how do you think about when it comes to these types of potential tailwinds for the business? Because if anything you learn from the COVID experience is that it's, you know, be prepared for the potential um, interest. But at the same time, recognizing that, you know, this could be a cyclical situation as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We are, you know, we're, we're ready for it all now. Um, we, we've partnered with the USDA in the food end, and uh, they've written and published quite a few papers on our product. Uh, I don't know how the, the media and uh, the market has mi have missed this, uh, but there's, there's some great potential aspects of our product with preserving food and food safety. And, uh, you know, I don't know why uh, some of the, the poultry board that handles birds in the United States uh, don't want to try to uh, try this product on, on eliminating the virus in the bird itself versus uh, culling the bird or killing the birds. But that's something that, uh, you know, we tried to reach out. We haven't had a response. The, uh, you know, health, hospital health industry is one that's very big. And uh, we've been able to do uh, research uh, with UCLA on another study, a SHIELD study that's going to come out soon, publication. And this has shown that we're able to do a 55-minute uh, complete uh, disinfection of an ICU room, uh, including changing mattresses, beds, and everything that goes into valve in that uh, terminal clean, and uh, without having infection rates. So that's a tremendous product for that. The other two industries you hit on, you know, which was, was the service is a bunch of professional remediators, restorers, forensic restorers. Uh, they've replaced a number of products in their toolbox with our technology, and uh, they're able to eliminate many molds and at the same time go ahead and uh, disinfect a person's home or building uh, from MRSA, from many other pathogens besides just COVID. Absolutely. So let's. I want to now talk a little bit about the competitive landscape uh, for for Tommy's products. Sure. You know, can you can you give us a little insight into that 
And you mentioned really the main differentiators, right? In the the idea of the six kill log, you know, versus your the products from your other competitors. But just want to get a better idea of what this landscape looks like, and then how you think about the total addressable market for for this as well. Sure. So you, know, you have you have an industry that has maybe four hundred and fifty. I'm going to say average. I mean, I, I don't know if anybody fact checks this, but there's probably between four hundred and thirty and four hundred and seventy EPA approved uh, type products, and uh, those products are very. Uh, most of them are chemicals, or chemical mixtures. Some of them uh, deteriorate surfaces. Some of them you have to mix. Some of them take five minutes, 10 minutes. Some of them, uh, you know, corrode and uh, cause other issues. Then they have ultraviolet industry, which are lights that are uh, only go as high as the unit itself. Uh, if it's a short unit, it only goes this high. If it's a longer unit, but it doesn't go way above and beyond, which is what our product's able to do because it, it's, it works like a gas, it's visual, you can see it and it's carried within the space. Um, you have other hydrogen peroxide based products, which probably is our two biggest competitors. One's Echolab, they own Bioquel, and it's a very old technology. And the other is Sterus that has a 30, 35% uh, technology, which is again requires that you ship that product on a train because uh, it's a hazardous chemical, and we know where that has gone recently, unfortunately. And um, you know we're able to ship our product, which is less than eight percent hydrogen peroxide, by air by FedEx, and that gives us a big advantage over the competitors. Uh, plus, you know we're quicker. Uh, we're we're we don't corrode because we're so quick. We don't have to increase the amount of parts per million in a room uh, because our product works so fast. And uh, you know, again, we don't damage, we don't pit stainless steel. Uh, we use, they use our product on robots, on, on high-end microscopes and things that, some things I can't even talk about publicly, but it, it has never damaged a surface. So um, you know, the fact that we're faster and the fact that we don't damage and we don't wipe and we don't leave a residue uh, are all characteristics that make up a perfect disinfectant or decontamination product. Absolutely. So, you know, so help me understand too, you know, where, where, where do you go from where you're at today where, you know, as you, as you've talked about, you know, it sounds like the company has a, you know, there's I don't want to speak out of turn because I don't know all the different products that are out there, you know, but if, if Tommy has the superior product, you know, what is the, where, where's the next step for mass adoption and capturing more of this addressable market, you know, that, you know, the company's working on internally, like I, I, catch me up. I want to understand that better. Okay. So, so I think, you know, starting out, I had to make a decision. Do we start out on a small basis where we go to mom and pop operations, small stores, and work our way up, or do we tackle the entire? You know, what's the large elephant in the room? And and that that is the you know the Mercs, the Pfizer's, the Catalans or work Catalans, the government the laboratories, the BSL three labs, BSL four labs. It goes on to hospital chains and and police departments, fire departments, daycare centers. So we went after all the named. Uh, Fortune 500 companies. That took a lot longer in our plan because the fact that they had a, they didn't believe us. They had to validate things themselves, and once they validated it and they saw the the there are no limits to the application of our technology 
it awed them tremendously and they became clients. And then, I mean, take Pfizer, for example, there's 10 facilities in the US. We started with one, then we had two, then we had three. Now we have, I believe, eight out of the 10. And uh, probably by the end of this year, we should have all 10. So that's how I envision this company. And that's, how, that's why it's taken a little longer, but the name is out there. Now people don't say, well, let me see your studies. They call up a reference and that reference tells them, you know, what our abilities are and everything that uh, makes up a perfect disinfectant decontaminant is what our technology, it's what the bit technology and what the CERNIS product delivers. So is that, so the idea also is like, okay, I go to the life sciences company for these is the, these companies are the most rigorous when it comes to validating this type of tech in order for their use. So once we have that full validation, and even if the sales isn't the crazy highest addressable market, at least now we have that as proof of concept, proof of tech, you know, these have, they have the most rigorous um, testing that now when you go to other divisions, they're like, Hey, look, Pfizer uses us. Like, You've some got a problem with Pfizer. I mean, is that really the, the thought process? Yeah, it's a thought. It's the acceptability of our product. You know, all the NIHs use our product. In fact, now they're using it at, at NIHs that are global versus just in the United States. So it's that acceptance now that we have that we're able to go ahead and bring our product into the mainstream. Plus, we had to develop a sales force. And in the meantime, as soon as these pharmaceuticals started to see what our product did, they had personalized requests for new products. So we have, you know, many more facilities that I haven't named that have requests for different types of devices that our in-house engineering team is working on. And proof of concepts have been successful. And now we're starting to manufacture them and uh, take them to market. So uh, we're, we're definitely a technology to, to be reckoned with. Uh, it's something for the future. It's a mechanical way to disinfect and decontaminate and not lose time. In fact, there are labs in the United States, our government labs that say that they're able to do a lot more experiments because our product turns over their rooms quicker than the old fashioned older technologies with higher percentage hydrogen peroxides than our product. Absolutely. So another question that I ask everybody on here, um, you know, with you guys in particular, like I said, I've seen you guys present at a number of events. I'm sure you've done the dog and pony show, doing the one-on-ones, all that kind of stuff. You know, after doing some of those, com- having those conversations, doing the presentations, meeting with these, what what do investors maybe still get confused about when thinking about Tommy? And maybe we can address some of those questions here. Well, I think I think the biggest stumbling block is how well we did during COVID. You know, people can't get that out of their head that we're not a COVID company. You know, if there's a pandemic out there, yes, we have we have the type of inventory to handle it. But the technology is a little bit too sophisticated for a simple pandemic, even though a lot of us don't want to use the word simple anymore. But, you know, that's basically what COVID was, you know, was a coronavirus and there's many of them. But, uh, you know, for what is out there and what could potentially be used or weaponized, our product is excellent for that. 
And, and, and I think that's, that's what they think. Also, I think the timing, they're not aware of such a small company we are, how many new products we're creating. One of them is the CES, which is a custom environment unit, a built-in unit where we literally can build this in to the ceiling of an existing building or into a ceiling, into a lab of a new facility. And we have both on the drawing boards. Uh, our revenue is, is usually not depicted, it's not of what is current, you know, except, you know, because of certain accounting principles, we have to say what we shipped and that's our revenue. But we're now starting to see bookings, which we never saw before, where we're booking things out in 2023 and in 2024. So we know our technology uh, is being taken serious and people are starting to build this type of technology into their new labs that they're building. And, and that's something that I'm very happy to see and we've done a great job with. Absolutely. And that actually hit on my next question that I, you know, just playing devil's advocate here, you know, pull sure. up the most recent quarterly results, you know, the company operated at a loss, you know, so I have to ask, you know, from your perspective, what would you say? I mean, you kind of hit on it a little bit already just there, but what would you say is that path to profitability that you want to let folks know about? Well, I mean, we're getting very close to it. <laughs> It's, it's, uh, it's, it's it, it will be here very soon. We'll, we'll leave it there. You know, uh, so one other kind of, you know, devil's advocate kind of question I ask everybody on here, this one as well, you know, sure. in, in your opinion, you know, what would you also say are some of the company's downside risks when evaluating the opportunity ahead for, uh, for Tommy? Well, I mean, you never know about supplies, you know, as far as what the, the supply chain is going to be with this world, especially the way it is today. We try to do our best. Uh, we have, we buy a lot of supplies that we think we're going to need. So, I mean, if all of a sudden, you know, we needed to produce 50,000 machines, that would be a downsize. You know, we'd have to go ahead and find more manufacturing facilities and some of the specialized parts that we do use. So, I mean, that's something that we talk about all the time <clears throat> and we keep, keep a significant inventory, but, you know, that, that would, that would be pretty much the only downside. I mean, you're not going to find a technology that's going to do, uh, that's going to be more effective than our product with less destruction or causticity of it. Uh, we have material compatibility. That's unbelievable. Uh, it, it works and moves like a gas. You can open up a drawer and it will go in the back of it, wherever it can get to because of that effect. Um, so it, 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 it has tremendous characteristics and, um, you know, it's here to stay. I mean, we, we do use this in aviotics in, inside cockpits of helicopters. Uh, there's other branches, government that's testing it in other areas. So it's, it's, it's a terrific product. I'm, I'm proud to be involved with it and to see this come to the point where it has come to today. And it, it's looking extremely uh, great going forward in the future. For sure. It, well, you know, going back real quick to the, competitive landscape side of things who's who's the largest player right now on the more because this it's more of a b2b right type sales process versus the on the consumer side i, I would have who's... to yeah Sorry. no 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 go no i'd have to say steruses steruses okay yeah nice how, how big of a company is just sorry um Again, I, I haven't looked at it recently in the market turbulence that we're having, but I would have to say it's somewhere in seven to nine billion. Got it. Okay. So 
another question that I'd, uh, I'd love to ask you on here, you know, again, in your opinion, where do you see the company in three to five years? And what would you say are the inflection points that'll get you there? Well, I think the company will continue to grow substantially. I think that we've become the standard in the disinfection decontaminant space on the high end. I think that we will, we are now winning our bids when we go up against Sturis. Uh, their equipment that gets five or six years old is being replaced with Sturamist. So, you know, I see that can bring only revenue going forward and putting this company into, a, a, you know, into the direction that I intended and the team, which we have a tremendous team has, has, has been working feverishly to reach. Um, so I think that's where we'll, we'll be going. Uh, Very good. All right. My final question for you here today, you know, you've been at this now for 10 years. I mean, a little longer, but you know, and as Tommy exists right now, right. For 10 years, How's been your experience being a public company CEO? I mean, you've been kind of in microcap circles for a bit. Like, what? How? How has it been? Um, it it it's had good and bad. Um, I would say the negative is there are not enough people that know about the company and the product and where we are today versus where we were when we started this before we had registrations and before we we had new IP and before we had new products. Um, the negative is, you know, you have people that don't believe the story and, and you know, put pressure on the stock. And, and I, I think that I'm not happy with about how the regulatory agencies handle those types of things with small companies because they, they, they are significantly manipulated. But once the story gets out there and people see our results, uh, then you have really true investors that are longtime investors that will go ahead and uh, realize what our value is going forward. And uh, then I'm sure if we have this discussion again, I'll be very happy with the results. Very good. All right. Well, I think we're pretty much there. So with that, where can our audience go and find more information on Tommy Environmental Solutions? And uh, if you have any social media channels, feel free to uh, plug away here. Yeah, we have uh, all the social media channels, uh, Sterimist, uh, S-T-E-R-A-M-I-S-T, Sterimist.com. Uh, they can go to uh, Facebook, they can go to LinkedIn, they can go to, you know, all the other Instagram and, and follow us and hit like, and they'll get information and uh, updated information about us. And uh, we're, we trade under the symbol of T-O-M-Z, uh, T-O-M-Z, and we're listed on NASDAQ, and uh, that's it. Very good. All right, well, Dr. Shane, thank you so much for joining me today. Really do appreciate it. Good luck, stay safe, and I look forward to our next update. You do the same. Stay dry today. I was going to say, stay dry. <laughs> it's, I'm looking at it. Thank you all. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks, man. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not provided as financial, legal, or any other advice. The information is not investment advice or an offer to buy or sell any securities or make any investment. The views expressed by guest speakers are their own and any reference to third-party product services or information does not constitute an endorsement thereof by SNN or its affiliates. SNN expressly disclaims all liability for any individual's use of the information presented in this podcast.